Wow. I was trying to find it. I can't had read. one job. <laughs> no. <laughs> and you know what's great? I found the verse that I pulled up. Put down that milk at the center time? Essentially, yeah. Where'd you pull that from? Hebrews 6. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> what is up, guys? This is Free Wine and Unleavened Bread. I'm your host, Dalton Locke, with Whitney Williamson. Hey. And David Overstreet. And it is dinner time. Put down that milk, it's dinner time. There you Yay, go. There you go. We gave Whitney Whit- the soundboard responsibility. Yeah, Whitney style. is on the soundboard. We'll see how that tonight. turns out. If I talk less, it's because I'm concentrating. Mm. Yeah. Guys, I want to know your favorite memories <laughs> from Facebook. Oh. Sounds like something a serial killer says <laughs> right before he stabs you 76 times. <laughs> Um. Well, I should be prepared for this, but I'm How totally going through my phone. What? You go first. Memory, Me? Memory yeah. share. Fine. Okay. Let's see. Um, three years ago today, I shared a meme that said, Interesting. You can't find your shoes, but you can find a tiny bit of onion in your dinner. And it's this like old picture of a mother talking to her son. And I shared that and tagged my little brother in it mm. because he would do the same thing, even oh. though he was 16, 17 years old. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that, that's, that's me as a dad. Mm. Um, I also shared a very fantastic video. Uh, it's, it's a meme. It's in the meme format. It says, it's November. You know what that means? Memes? It's... it's you know what that means. See, potatoes, tomatoes. Oh, I love that one. Chicken, chicken, chicken. That's always a classic. I don't think it'll ever go away. Potatoes, tomatoes, chicken, chicken, lamb, lamb. Um, yeah, beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, chicken, chicken. I also chicken. shared another meme. This, and I captioned it, reach out to all your homies. It's a picture of some chick on a scooter. It says a homie. And then it's a picture of a parking lot, and it just says a lot. And mm. then it's the chick on the scooter going through the parking lot, and it says a homie going through a lot right now. <laughs> <laughs> Whitney, come on. Hey. No. <laughs> All right, that was pretty good, Whitney. Okay. All good. right. All right, so last meme that I'll uh, share on the podcast. Uh, it says, NASA employee. Oh, hey, you guys are back early. Astronaut. Moon's haunted. NASA employee. What? Astronaut. Loading a pistol and getting back on the rocket ship. Moon's haunted. Good talk. Oh, we added some new sounds, if you guys can't tell. (laughs) And uh, that's all I got. It's all memes. (laughs) Mm. Whitney? Me. Okay. Me. Um... There was a picture from back when I was in fifth grade, and I had a military haircut. We visited a base, and I let them chop my hair. What do you mean? Was it just like shoulder length? Oh, yeah. We need to see this. Oh, no. (laughs) 
Oh yes. You need a, you, you've already brought There's it no up. You need it. <laughs> you've already brought it up. You need to post it on Instagram. Oh my goodness. So why don't you take it to your prayer closet? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, the I don't know the name what? of the page that posted that uh, that meme that first meme that I shared. It's called Wittitudes. <laughs> I mean that's pretty. <laughs> What's that wittitude for? I mean, you know, that's pretty funny, but we need to bring the level down a little bit. You scared me. (laughs) Oh! (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Okay, anyway, back to Facebook memos. Um, Are you good? Yeah. Don't worry, it's only a flesh (laughs) Okay, Whitney's doing really good with this. It says, God will open the doors you can't and close the ones you won't. Man, dude. Mm. And I shared that November 3rd of last year. So, hey. relevant. And then I shared uh, shared something about spiritual armor. And then Ephesians 3.20. And this is actually a verse I'm holding on to a lot this past season. And it's, God is going to give you more than you asked for. Believe it. Yeah. And then, two years ago on this day, I shared, He meets all of my needs according to His riches and glory. Mm. And then, ooh. I shared a quote about envy, and it says, "Blowing out the other person's candle will not make your shine brighter." Ooh, I like these. Yeah, and then I shared pictures from Myrtle Beach that with my mom. That was three years ago. I've never been there. My mom. And then, uh, last thing, November first, a couple years ago, it was there's a difference between wanting something and being hungry for it. Hmm, I know that. Wait, no. <laughs> And here I was thinking she would stay away from that button. But she's owning it. <laughs> she's owning it. I figured she'd use that one. Hey, hey. Of the time. Is it my turn? Yeah, it's your turn. Oh. Well, on this day five years ago, I shared my um, my second album. Ooh. So that was exciting. Um, I look back on that now, and it's really kind of a, a milestone for me because like, I feel like I've improved as a musician and as an artist. But it's just cool to see that. Um, I had a friend take some uh, pictures for me at the Greenway, and they turned out pretty good, actually. Nice. So that album covers there. And then um, I hacked my sister's account, Ooh. and then I said uh, on, on her status, I said, David Overstreet is an amazing person. I am humbled before his greatness. He, <laughs> he is perfect. He is the perfect example of supreme amazingness. The end. There's no return policy there. <laughs> I wish there was. Um, and then I said, I was like really dramatic sometimes. Just like would be really vague about like girls that I was into on statuses. And I said, 10 years ago, thinks about her more and more every day, dot, 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 dot. Go ahead, Whitney. Okay. That's I, what I, thought. I, I do remember like the format though. Mm-hmm. that Facebook used to have. So your post would be right next to your name. Mm-hmm. So people wouldn't put their name. They would talk in the third person. Yeah. So it would be David Overstreet thinks about her. Yeah. yeah. That's funny. But no, I wasn't like, I feel like there are some people that used to be on Facebook, their attention grabbing. That would be like, they would have a status and be like, I'm not okay. People would be like, what's wrong? And they're like, I don't want to talk about it. And so you're like, why did you do that? Huh? Exactly. <laughs> And then, last one, seven years ago, 
I said, they say you are what you eat, but I don't remember eating a legend. <laughs> it's hot. <laughs> we need a thumbs down. Oh my <laughs> goodness. That is, <laughs> forget how funny that was. I saw that in a meme, but it had a not so good word in front of legend. So I just edited it and made it G, G-rated, you know? Yeah. They say you are what you eat, but I don't remember eating a legend. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> mm, alrighty. Mm. On that note. On that note. Put down that milk, it's dinner time. Whitney? Put down that milk, it's dinner time. <laughs> there you go. Dinner time. Time. Uh, no, so guys, you know what today is? It's election day. It is election day. It's a big day for America. America. It's a scary day for America. Yeah, I don't know if it's going to be okay tonight yeah. or not. Yeah, honestly, how are y'all feeling about it? Whitney? Me? I... Like, how do you think the, the country's going to react in either situation of whoever wins? I don't really think that a lot of people are going to react the way that they should. Yeah. Yeah. I think that there's a lot of believers that are a lot more political than they are Christian. Yeah, I would agree. So. (laughs) What about you, David? Um, I agree. I mean, I I think it's whoever wins, there's going to be, there's going to be chaos either way. Um, I, I really don't support a lot on either side, <laughs> but um, I try to be objective about it, and uh, I just hope that whatever happens, we're kind of in the valley, we're on the way up to the peak, because yeah. I want to get back to the period of time where we could talk to each other, mm-hmm. and not have a screaming match, and not be at each other's throat, because I feel like that was possible not so long ago. Like, right. right back you, in high school, I feel like I could talk to people. Yeah, do you think social media has oh, yeah. a role to play in that? 100%. Yeah. I mean, either you're, I don't know, you're super on the right and you're saying everyone's stupid, or you're super on the left and you're saying everyone's stupid. I mean, it's just, either <laughs> way, it is. either way, it's just... I but mean, it's because people have lost their just sense of accountability Yeah. On online. Yeah. Like, I have a friend who I used to work with, um, I won't say his name or anything, but he, he's a good, he's on the right and he provokes on yeah. Facebook. Like, but he's like funny about it. He'll post like this meme or something that kind of degrades people on the left. And like, he knows that people are going to be outraged and like he invites that and he wants people to like scream at him and yell at him and stuff. And then I know people on the other side who provoke, yeah. So it's almost like, are we to that point where we want to provoke each other? We don't really want to have a meaningful conversation about what is provable and what is not provable or what is achievable and what is not achievable. I mean, I just, I don't know. Like I said, I just hope we're, hope we're on, the, on the way out of this yeah. ditch we're in as a country and as just, I don't know. Because, well, I mean, I heard this, I can't remember where I heard this, but they were talking about how every empire falls. Like the Roman Empire fell, the the Greek Empire fell. At some point, we're gonna fall, because the kingdom of God is the one that 
will and always prevail. Always yeah. prevail. So I wonder, like, are we starting well, to go on that path? I don't know. I mean, there's scripture that says a house divided against itself cannot stand. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and until you can disagree with somebody and be respectful, and you shouldn't let something like this rob you of your peace. Are what people do, like the people that we're voting for, are they perfect? Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. And to put an expectation on either of them that they're going to be everything that you think our country needs, that's ridiculous. And mm-hmm. neither of them or anybody else is ever going to be that for you. Yeah. It's never going to be. I mean, it could it be better? Yeah. But especially as a believer, we're called to pray for our leaders and those in authority. We're called to, to stand in the gap on their behalf. You know what I mean? Like if whoever's going to be the leader of our country isn't close to Jesus, they're not really walking in the light. And you're mm-hmm. trying to hold them to the accountability like they are. You can't do that. Yeah. Right. You're called to pray for them and that God will reveal that to them and speak to their heart and help them to make good decisions and have wisdom and have people around them that are going to pour into them. Mm-hmm. And you complaining about it isn't going to change anything. But if you pray about it, that'll change everything. Absolutely. Yeah. How do you guys think that we got to this point as far as like our leadership? I mean, because obviously in, in, in the Bible there are good kings and there are bad kings. I mean, is that the same today? Like, we have good leaders and then bad leaders in the presidency? Or is it, do you think it's all just kind of like a politics game? And then the people who inevitably make decisions are the people that aren't the president, the people around him. And he's just, he's not really a lead. I mean, I wouldn't say either candidate really stands out as a leader to me. Yeah, I agree. Like, I, I would say before, not saying that Trump, not saying anything good or bad about Trump. Mm-hmm. I'm saying before Trump won, I felt like it was about leadership. Yeah. But since he has been in office, I really feel like it's been about who can just degrade the other person the more, the most. Well, also news, like news stations, like, they not, aren't about reporting the news anymore. It's all propaganda. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's not really hard pressing facts and people that vote based off of only what they see on the news and they don't do digging themselves yes only go off of the news and a lot of people that aren't educated and maybe it's not their fault but are not educated to the level to research and and seek god and pray about these things and really look into it on your own if you believe that stuff it is all propaganda we don't need to know what you don't like about the opposing party we need to know what you're going to do as a leader yeah and and, and that's what party seems to be able to tell us what they're going to do as leader without having to put the other one down. Yeah. Right. And that's what I'm, that's what I'm trying to say is that like, it, it isn't just completely Trump's fault that it's all about just degrading the other person or anything. It's the, the media has a big role to play in that. Um, but I do feel like before, at least before the past two elections, I really feel like it was just about, you could at least find some kind of, um, discrepancy for leadership yeah in there somewhere but here lately yeah the past two elections it's just really felt like it just i mean you know there are like how many people that live in the united states 300 million six million i can't remember how the exact number but like this is the this is the best two we have to offer i just think about stuff that that sometimes and i'm like really how did this happen yeah. Why aren't more people stepping up? And like, I don't know, man. Because no one wants to get in that business. No one wants to 
be hated and get in the mud and just completely destroy, have their lives torn apart and yeah, because pretty much into. now you're guaranteed that if you run for presidency, that they're gonna either make up something or find something or find something. Yeah, and your tweets or in your especially now with social media, it's like anything can be taken out of context and thrown around and especially with like cancel culture and stuff like that it's it's all it takes is one mistake you know and people make them yeah no one's perfect and you're gonna find something on everybody because we Uh, all are human uh, that kind of reminds me of i think it was daniel yeah so it, it it was daniel um they just couldn't find anything to blame him on so they made something to blame him on and that's that is what reminds me of culture today. Yeah. Uh, and so I think it would. I think it just takes somebody who's going to be honest about mm-hmm. their past. Mm-hmm. Who will just lay their own dirt down. Yeah. And not let the media get to it first. Mm-hmm. That's the point I was trying to make. Yeah, I, me and my dad used to watch this show Twenty Four. It was a popular show uh, back a few years ago, and. Um, in the first season, it was all about the senator running for presidency, and of course, there's, it's a whole like subplot with the main guy. But in uh, one of the episodes, like it was the exact same situation. The election was about to happen, and somebody had some dirt on him and his family. And instead of the guy breaking the news story, the senator broke it first and yeah. was honest about it and took a chance. And like the American public really like resonated with that, and like he actually improved in the polls because of that Mm. because of the honesty so you might have a point there um i just it's sad that not everyone sees it the same way yeah yeah really is well uh moving on the reason that i wanted to go ahead and just bring politics into it a little bit is because um one of the things that seems to be a fighting factor in america is talking about racism and nationalism Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm wondering what you guys think the church is called to do about all that. About racism and nationalism? Yeah. Could you be more specific? Um, well, I'll just go ahead and kind of lay what my thoughts are okay. uh, down. So, America puts so much responsibility on the government to fix racism and to fix the issue with immigrants with immigration and stuff like that um they pretty much they pretty much look to the president as their hero or as the villain so trump's a racist trump hates everybody except for americans um or biden he loved like he's an advocate for racism uh, which is what the media tries to push. Um, but isn't the church more responsible or first responsible to deal with racism and stuff like that? Yeah, absolutely. I would say it's the church's responsibility to to evangelize and also to bring people to Christ. And so in a lot of these communities, I think the church needs to be more part of them mm-hmm. and we need to actually go into these communities with single moms and deliver care packages or offer daycare services or things like that i mean because a lot of these um these communities that have 
little to nothing are the same communities that have all the police interactions and have all of the racism things associated associated with it mm-hmm. uh like baltimore atlanta all of those all of those places um if the church plays a bigger role in those communities there's a really good chance that you can start to heal from that because those people they should rely on their church that's how it should go they shouldn't have to rely on the government like right in in my personal opinion i think like welfare for for example is basically the government playing god and you know you depend on a check from the government every month um and it really kind of incentivizes fatherless homes in my opinion because if you have a dad that has a child that's about to be born and he knows that the mom's on welfare does that really give him a purpose to stick around if he wants to if he wants to dip not really and so it's it's really kind of incentivizing our godly men to walk out and to abandon their responsibilities as fathers and and i think that that like i think that the church should step into that role not of being a father but of trying to develop structure in kids that are coming up because what you have is a society that's angry um because of socioeconomic factors that are sometimes out of their control sometimes in their control in their own communities and because of that anger there's division and then there's um there's inequality of outcome yeah so that inequality of outcome is confused sometimes with inequity and i think that there's a clear distinction there um I won't go into all of that because that's a that's another point of view. But the 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 main topic or the main point that I want to make is churches should be really getting involved. Our responsibility, like at our church, remember when we did the pregnancy care center? Yeah, we we went there and that was a real treat to those women there. Mm-hmm. Um, so just getting involved in that way, uh, doing more evangelism, doing more outreach, I think is part of our responsibility as yeah. church and as Christians. And I think at the core of that is uh, Luke's Luke six twenty two. Uh, but I say to you, this is Jesus speaking. But I say to you, who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, um, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. Um, and I mean, not just enemies, but uh, elsewhere it says to love your neighbor mm-hmm. and those around you. So. Not just the church. Don't just love the church. Love those that are out of the church, outside of the church. Absolutely. And your neighbor isn't just your next door neighbor or the guy down the street. Mm-hmm. It's the next town over. Yeah. And if we feel that, you know, it's it's hard sometimes to to really get that urge to to be that kind of servant minded person when you haven't been in those situations that some of these communities are in and some of these people that don't have much like i know when we were growing up we had the thanksgiving baskets that we would do every year and we would go to a few houses and deliver just boxes of food canned goods and like those families were so appreciative of that and if we could get into the mindset of like 
being those families receiving that and how much it lifts them up. Like, I think that we as Christians could do a better job going forward. Yeah. Um, and continuously doing that. Uh, but it's, it's sometimes we unfortunately get into the mindset of, Oh, I did something good. So it's like, I feel good. Yeah. But if we feel that real like urgency and need, it's, it's like, I don't know. It's like, it's like an errand that you like have to run. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, not like that. That's a bad example, but I don't know if it, if it becomes urgent, like an urgent thing. Um, because like bringing people to Christ, like, um, like that's our charge here. And so we're supposed to bring as many people as we can. And that should be something that we're, like I said, very intentional about. Right. So. Yeah, and uh, another thing that I want to stress is that it's important that individuals in the church remember that the church as a whole doesn't have to start it. Yes. The individual can start it. Yes. We're all called to minister. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you if there's something on your heart, you don't have to sit there and just passively wish that the church would do something about yeah, this. You don't have to be a Go start it yourself yeah. and then get the church to fund it. Right. And, and most of the time the church will. Yeah. Like if you, you don't have to always be associated with, you, you don't have to always be associated with an institution or a church. Um, it starts with one person and, and it could grow, you know, exactly. Um, even if you just want to take a Saturday, go to someone's house, clean up the yard or something. I mean, that's, it starts with that kind of a heart and then yeah. it multiplies. So, um, in second Timothy, I just want to share this real quick. This is uh, Paul's charge to Timothy, uh, near the end of the book. Um, it says, preach the word, be prepared in season and in season and out of season, correct rebuke and encourage with great patience and careful instruction for the time will come when men will not put up with second doctrine instead to suit their own desires they will gather around them a great number of teachers and say what their itching ears want to hear they will turn their eyes away from the truth and turn aside the myths but you keep your head in all situations endure hardship do the work of an evangelist discharge all duties of your ministry so right there it's just like evangelize 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 bring people to christ because they're going to be hearing what they want to hear and they're going to be naturally tuning that out, but you have to assert yourself. Yeah. Just like the media asserts itself into our life Mm -hmm. and gives us the wrong impression. We have to be that intentional about the truth. Yeah, absolutely. That, um, that kind of makes, what's the word transitions into the, uh, the, one of the verses I wanted to bring up, um, which is Hebrews five, 11 through six, one. Um, let me just go ahead and read it real quick. <clears throat> uh, so right before this, Jesus is talking about, uh, not Jesus, I'm sorry. Paul is talking about uh, Jesus being the high priest and kind of like the uh, the doctrines that are behind that. Um, and then at 5.11 he starts, he says, About this we have much to say, and it is hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you, again, the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives in, who lives in mil- lives on milk 
is unskilled in the word of righteousness, since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have the powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. Yeah. So you were talking about, um, or First Timothy was talking about... Um, <clears throat> Second Timothy. Second Timothy. Sorry. Mm-hmm. You're good. Uh, discerning what the truth is. Yeah. And here in Hebrews 5.11, Paul is saying, like, you should be, dis- like, you should be increasing in the knowledge of God. You should be mature. Yeah. In his word. Yeah. But instead, you're like a child who isn't weaned off of milk yet. Yeah. We're called to grow in the knowledge of God. Just uh, the end of Second Peter, it says, You therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, take care that you are not carried away with the error of lawless people and lose your own stability, but grow in the grace and knowledge of your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory, uh, both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. Uh, for two chapters, Peter is talking about heresy and false prophets Mm -hmm. so we are called to grow in the knowledge of god yeah and to increase our wisdom and discernment in his word yeah and a lot of america isn't doing that the church of america i just don't think is doing that i agree and i think that's why we have so many false doctrines like the prosperity gospel and all of that. Yeah. Willie? What are your thoughts? <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> uh, no, but seriously, I don't know. I just really have a heart for, for believers to believe God and rely on Him and trust Him and do their part in prayer. I don't know. I'll, I'll share a scripture with you guys. Um, I feel like you guys kind of, you know, hit the nail on the head for the most part with that. But it says in 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 2, I urge you then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people. And so in this scripture, it doesn't single out, you know, just any one specific person. person. It says all people. It says for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful lives and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. And then, you know, in 1 Peter 2, 17, it says, Show proper respect to everyone. Love the family of believers. Fear God. Honor the emperor. Like, there's there's so many scriptures that talk about honoring people and authority. And that doesn't mean you have to agree with them. But your, your responsibility as a believer is not to judge them. Your responsibility is to, to pray on their behalf. Pray on their behalf to and to sin- share the gospel with them. Yeah. And um, John Maxwell, you guys know I love his leadership stuff. Um, he said... One time at a grow conference that I had the privilege of being at, he said, it's called the great commission, not the great invitation. There's people that are never going to step into your church. And he's like, we're going to have to start going beyond these four walls. And he was like, if I told the business community that there was 80% of like unreached people, he was like, they wouldn't still be in the seat. He says, you tell believers that and they're not getting up out of their chair and doing their part. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah, and a lot of a lot of believers, they always tell me like, "How do I do that? Like, how how do I make that impact?" And the first thing I say is, "Show how, show first of all, show respect 
to them as a human and once you once they have your respect or you have their respect there's so many doors that you can walk through based on that like i've had people that don't agree with me on anything but we're able to talk about things because they respect me and because yeah. i respect them um so human decency is is the first key to that absolutely and then once you've achieved that it's knowing how to um it's knowing how to initiate. I have something to add to that. I'll say that there are more people that notice what I do than even I do sometimes. And by that, I mean, I I get the privilege to serve and to, to do things throughout my week. Mm-hmm. But I don't really even realize how many people already know what I'm going to do mm-hmm. or pay attention to my actions until they're like, oh, yeah, you, you have church on this day. Yeah. Or, oh, you're doing this on this day. Oh, yeah, I know you're busy on Tuesdays. Yeah. People notice that. Like, people know. And, like. People notice. I didn't even realize some people, and it's not that I'm at work talking about church, yeah. unless they ask me to stay later on a day that I do have church and I have practice, and I'm like, I can't, and they're like, why not? And I'll, I don't even say I have church, I'll be like, I have practice. Yeah. And they'll be like, practice for what? You know what I mean? Like, people pay attention to how you live your life, and yeah. I think that's why as believers it's so important, and I'm not saying we're never going to miss the mark, but that's why it's so important to live lives that are honorable before God. Yeah. And Absolutely. so I think how you live your life and... I think your life speaks so much louder than any words you could ever give someone. Yeah. And in this devotional series, we're all doing, by the way, just to plug this in there, there will be a devotional series that's coming out with Dalton, Whitney, and myself. Dalton is on worship. We already released the first video this past week. Go watch it if you haven't. Uh, Whitney's is coming out this week, and you guys can check that out. Mine is uh, sort of on this topic of, like, leadership and like I kind of break it down in three different ways. Like the first thing you have to do is you have to own like it's ownership, owning your mistakes. And then the next thing is consistency, which is, I think what lines up here, like being consistent with, with how you are and the way you are. Um, because like you said, people notice, people notice how you lead your life. And if you're consistent, then they respect that. That's how you earn people's respect is being consistent with the way you are and the way you act. Yeah. Like I remember one time at work, I, was super mad at a customer and unfortunately a cuss word slipped out and i remember someone next to me like looked at me like do you just curse and i was like yeah and they were like you never curse and i was like i don't like i'm sorry i shouldn't have done that but like they curse all the time and so they notice that i don't do that and so like again people are just watching and you don't think that they are and that they're paying that much attention, but they are. Yeah. So So it's interesting. First of all, like how you live your life and, and your actions and what you do. Um, the second thing is whenever you go to them and you invest in them, you need to, to seek to understand more than trying to be understood. And that, that's honestly really hard for me because there's been a lot of times I never really felt like anyone was listening and I always got talked over. And so now I even find still that sometimes I'll do that because I feel like no one ever really cared about what I was saying. Yeah. And so that's just something like, you know, allowing God to work through. However, when you go into a conversation and you're looking to ask the person questions and you're looking to understand them instead of trying to make them understand you really and really listen, that doesn't happen a lot. We're in a yeah. multitasking society. We're in a, I listen to respond. Mm-hmm. I don't listen to listen. And so when you just really hear someone out and your your heart's in paying attention to what they care about, and maybe you don't even have to say your opinion. You just listen. You're like, oh, man, that's cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? And 
when you go into it, if there's any kind of correction and your heart motive is love and you know your heart's right, that's going to bring conviction and that's going to be more powerful than anything and it's not going to come off belittling. It's not going to come off condemning. No, but whenever you come in it and you're not, you haven't really prayed over it or you know that your heart motive isn't right and you're seeking to be right more than you are righteous, then that's when it comes off belittling. Yeah. You should never go into a conversation with somebody, especially somebody that doesn't know Jesus, and come off as trying to be right more than you're trying to be righteous. Yeah. And so just really seeing people and, and letting them get get to say what they're trying to say and really hearing them out. Um, so how you live your life and how invested are you in others and what's important to them. Yeah. And uh, another thing that I just I've been wanting to say is that Jesus said that what you do to the least of these, you also do to me. So if you even hand a cup of water to a child, then you're also giving a cup of water to me. And so I just want to remind the church that if you see a need and you have the means to fill that need, then go fill it. Yeah. God has, God has blessed you to have the means to fill that need. You know what? I was listening to, and I do this pretty much every day. Uh, I listened to Joyce Meyer podcast, um, and she said that um, God will do what you can't, but he won't do what you can. Mm-hmm. And and she said, you know, that there was a conference that they were trying to pay for. And she was like, you know what? She was like, actually, if all of us came together, we could afford this conference. Just because we don't want to doesn't mean that we shouldn't. Like, we can. We can pull together. And she's like, how about we do what we can, and we let God do what we can't? Mm-hmm. Mm, I like that. I did too. Because yeah. we put a lot of the responsibility off on, oh, well, if God wants to, he will. But he, he equipped us. And part of us releasing our finances like that, like to if pay for that conference, that's saying, no, you know what, God, I trust you to refill my bank account. Yeah. Well, and it's not just monetary either. It, like if you see somebody who needs a friend, go be a friend to them. Yeah. If you see somebody who or if you hear about somebody who needs a ride give them a ride i mean you're free like yeah and you know a lot of a lot of just being a servant has to do that too yeah has to do with that and being in the service industry i i've gotten kind of gotten a better feel on this obviously because like if there's somebody that like doesn't want to take a table and it's their table to take like sometimes i'll just i'll step in and i'll take it even though i don't really want to either because i know that like every time i choose not to like something bad happens or like i don't know that table ends up being like the most amazing people ever and i feel like god is like not punishing me but really trying to teach me a lesson of like don't put yourself before others yeah because if you put your own um, like if you put being comfortable above being an a, uncom- servant. a servant, like just never, it never, you never it's get never that. It's never edifying. Right. Especially in the long term. Like in that moment, you may get that two seconds of relief, but then, I mean, for in, in that example that let's say I don't take the table and they take, they end up taking it. Well, then I get six more, you know, and you know, that, that's, that's part of it. But being a servant-minded person is, like, really the key to being a good leader. Mm-hmm. Like, 
I mean, a leader doesn't need. I, I mean, I really think that's the only way to be a leader. Right. I mean, le- good leaders don't, you know, like think about themselves. I mean, I was listening to a podcast with uh, Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan, and uh, Jocko Will 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 Link. I can't say his last name. Wilkin. I can never. Wilkin Will. I can't remember. <laughs> but he's the uh, he's a Navy SEAL, um, retired Navy SEAL, and he teaches like leadership courses, and basically takes people through scenarios. I mean, he goes to big companies and trains their leaders how to be good leaders. And what he says, like one of the things he talks about is if someone comes with him and complaining about a problem comes to him complaining about a problem like he matches their intensity right so if someone comes to him and you know like i can't believe i didn't you know this didn't go my way or like i said i wanted this but this happened he'd be like okay man like what's the problem like let me know like he matches their intensity but not degrading them to listen to them yeah he's like okay man what's the problem what can i do for you like tell me about what's going on and we'll work through it and so if, if more people have that mindset instead of, like, you do this, you do that, like, we're, we're more of, like, a commanding and we're not listening, um, I just think that that's not beneficial at all. Another example he gave us while I'm thinking about it was, like, if he's in charge of, um, like, a platoon of Marines and there there has to be a plan drawn up, he won't draw up the plan he'll assign someone else to drop the plan but other people will help draw up that plan so he'll kind of give that responsibility to those people and then they come run that plan by him mm-hmm. and he's he's supportive of that so it's not like go do this it's like you guys come up with something and then you run it by me it's more of like Ooh. again like he, yeah i have two things to add to that go for it whenever you started this whole thing um a quote that I think I might have shared in one of our Facebook memos before, but it's um, a leader is not determined by how many people serve them, but by how many people they serve. Yeah. And I thought that that was so good. And then yeah. you hit that right on the head talking about serving and picking up tables for people. Um, and then the other thing, the other thing was whenever you delegate task, you're creating followers. Yeah. Whenever you delegate authority, you're creating leaders. And so when you're talking about drawing up that plan, he could have easily delegated just task and told people what to do. Yeah. But it sounded like he gave them he gave some them free reign. Some free reign and then Which gives authority yeah. to be creative and, and to add in and know that what they're doing matters. And that builds other leaders. Yeah. That builds those skills. It it really does. And one thing that I've found and I, I did this at my job one day, didn't realize I was doing it. Um, we had two new girls working a weekend and we were training and like they're fan, like they're doing a good job. You know what I mean? But there wasn't enough of us to, to take the time to train them throughout that whole shift. So I was kind of helping both, Yeah. but I needed someone to, to continue doing the main job and keep it going while I had the other one to the side to teach them. So what I did is I taught one girl how to do a task. And then because it says those that can't learn teach, I, it took me so long to get what that quote meant. Um, but after I taught girl number one, just to test her knowledge, to make sure that she got what I was saying, I had her teach girl number two, because number one, she gets the perspective of being new and knowing how to explain it. Cause she doesn't really understand all of the things yet, mm-hmm. but number two, that's going to test her knowledge and make her have to remember it. Because when you have to explain something to someone else, or you have to teach on it, number one, it holds you accountable. It shows you what you really actually know and how to apply it. 
Yeah. And so it, actually that really benefited both of them. Yeah. yeah. The goal is, like you said, to teach people how to apply things in their lives, not to just tell them what is and what isn't. Right. Like it's not just knowledge they need. They need wisdom, which yeah. wisdom is the knowledge of how to apply your knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. Huh? Wisdom is the application of knowledge. Yes. Yeah. There you go. Boom. Uh, what? <laughs> Listen. Got him. Well, we can't end this episode without actually reading the Great Commission. Yeah. Which is Matthew twenty-eight eighteen, and it is. Uh, this is Jesus speaking. Therefore, uh, God has given me all authority on earth and in heaven. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations teaching everyone to obey all the commands that I've given you. Yeah. To observe and obey, sorry. Yeah. And that's how he says of all nations. Of all nations. all nations. People who look different from you. People who are different from you. We're meant to go to them. Exactly. We're meant to minister to them. We're meant to bring them in. And the beauty of it is, is we don't have to cross a border in order to do that. That's the blessing. They're right down the street. Yeah. Absolutely. One thing that I want to encourage you guys, um, you guys and our listeners to do is whenever you come across somebody this week, if you've had any kind of thought about them that wasn't positive, I want you to stop and I want you to pray for that person. Whether it be a stranger, maybe you had a judgmental thought, whether it be somebody that's passing by you at the gym and you just kind of make eye contact and you don't know why you kind of glanced at them and, and, and pray for them. I want you to actively try to find a stranger or or something of that nature to pray for this week. And also pray for yourself in that situation. Because, I mean, you got to pray for yourself too, your heart. If your heart had any kind of like malice towards that person because of the way they look, pray yeah. for yourself too. Yeah. Pay attention to how you view people. And if you notice that it's not, if it doesn't enter through the three gates of is it true, is it kind, is it necessary, pray for them. I've found my attitude and things getting a lot better whenever I have thoughts like that and I, I just pray for the person. Or if I'm around somebody and I kind of feel insecure when I'm around them, I just pray for that person. I know that was a little off topic, but I just I feel like no. pressed to, to really challenge you guys to like apply apply prayer to your life. Like pray for your leaders, pray for your government, no matter who wins the election. You're not called to judge them because that's like I said, that's not going to change anything. That's gonna add more poison. Yeah. And poison kills, it doesn't bring any kind of life. But if you want there to be fruit, you're going to have to pray. Yeah. So. Absolutely. So, yeah. Be praying for uh, that stranger that you come across. Be praying for yourself. Be praying for the country. Yeah. You guys, thank you for tuning in. Like I said, please check out those those videos uh, on YouTube. Go follow Uh, Follow us on Instagram, subscribe to the page, listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. We really appreciate those of you who are listening. Um, And we can't wait to continue sharing God's Word with you guys and continue to to minister to you. And reach out to us if you have any questions, requests, um, prayer requests, topic ideas, all of the above. Absolutely. So this is Rewind. (laughs) Go ahead and hit it. Alright, this is Free Wild and Unleavened Bread. We'll see you guys next time. Dinner is served.